Well, it's just the boys. Yeah, it's, it's boys' night. Charlotte went to go get a drink, so we thought we would give the podcast that people actually want, which is Don't Drink the Tea with Don't Drink the Tea, the boys edition. Exactly. It is Sunday. Sunday is for the boys. Sunday is for the boys. This is the podcast where we talk about books for boys, boys for books. Exactly. By the queen of crime, Agatha Christie. It's meant for boys. Welcome to Don't Drink the Tea, the Agatha Christie podcast, where we analyze our books one by one. I'm Josh. I'm Zach, and that's everybody. And that's everybody that's here, because Charlotte went to go get a drink. But you know what? It's boy time. So I wanted to address something uh, on this podcast that I, I had two things. One of them was connected to Charlotte. The other one I can go ahead and say while she's going. Okay. In uh, the earlier episode, let's see, was it, which episode was it? Unless Parker Pine, I don't remember any of you. It wasn't, why didn't they ask Evans? Anyway, it was the episode where I did the game with, uh, it was Unfinished Portrait. It was the last episode where I did the game with Kathy Bates and all that. Okay. Anyway, in that game, I made some disparaging remarks about a uh, game that many people love, Animal Crossing. Uh, yes. And I, I was, uh, you know, I said it, it seemed like a waste of time to some people. Hi, Charlotte. We started without you. She then never had one said. Oh. Hi, Charlotte. We started. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Charlotte. We started without you. I'm telling the story. So we. I missed uh, the story? I said last time I made some disparaging remarks about Animal Crossing in the game that I made. And I just wanted to come on here and apologize to everybody that was offended by that, mostly because I'm a hypocrite, because now I'm playing Animal Crossing. I love it. And the best part about it is talking to birds, <laughs> which Tyrone told me was the worst part. So I, I was misled, but I actually really do love it. Well, you owe it to the fans. I do. And we have some, we have many fans that really enjoy that game who attacked me after and they were like, have you actually played it? Oh, you got some backlash. I got from several different people, not related. Wow. And they were right. I tried it and I really do like it. So I wanted to apologize about that. That was my first mark. My second mark was for Charlotte when she's back. You have some explaining to do, Lucy. You come huh? in here on this podcast, mm. acting like you ain't been round. What up? <laughs> like hey. you ain't been you stepping out me. on Don't Drink you don't the Tea on another podcast? I don't believe it. That's right. <laughs> Our very own Charlotte went out of this podcast and into another podcast. You better well, believe it. And well, I'll do it again. Tell us a little bit about the podcast that you cheated on us with. I'm watching you. Um, so I, what really it was, it worked out well because I was able to give us some good press. Yes. I spread the word about don't drink the tea. I was an ambassador, not a spy okay. who turned traitor and defected to another country. Well, did you bash the other podcast mercilessly while you were She there? was pretty polite. I listened to it. She was pretty polite to it. That is ridiculous. Next she, time, be rude. And the podcast, uh, it, it it's called Don't Tell Me Things I Already Know, right? That's correct. With Sabrina and Ivy. Sabrina and Ivy, yes. And yeah. they asked me, you know, and maybe if you treated sure. me with a little bit more respect, I wouldn't have to look for respect from other podcasts. Uh, the young people are talking. Now, <laughs> <laughs> one thing, I listened to the podcast, and I have to say, if you guys should check it out. It's really... I really like the concept of the podcast. It's really well done, and Charlotte is really good on it. What? Okay. Yes, it's a good episode. Go check it out. Uh, it's on Spotify. Don't tell me things I already know. 
But one thing I wanted to mention, if you haven't listened to it, that Charlotte said it was nice to finally be with girls. As if we aren't the two biggest girls on earth on this podcast. <laughs> Hello. You guys want to go for some boba tea after this? I know, it's pretty... <laughs> Hey, no, We're uh, pretty manly. I mean, that that's a great joke for the sake of the joke, but let me just show you on my phone the picture I just got of Zach's <laughs> truck. Oh, man. Zach, do you think there is it truck girls out there? Zach went full on man this week and got a truck. I bought a truck. Woo! <laughs> yeah, don't th- the next don't th- drink the tea will be while we're out mud bogging. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's good. Hi, well. y'all. We're coming to you live. <laughs> so I already did the. Uh, uh, this is don't drink the tea, the Agatha Christie podcast. So you need to say your name. Oh well, does it matter at this point? Say it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I people just need to hear my voice now, and they know me. I don't even uh-huh. have to say my name. Just edit it in. All right, Charlie. Um, <laughs> editing skills complete we don't like the big head that you're getting uh oh don't worry don't, i'm sure i'm sure well, we, the thing that we don't like is when uh you talk about other podcasts on the podcast so we want you to be quiet and we want to tell you guys a little about hot tub album reviews, hot tub album reviews. <laughs> the best <laughs> podcast on earth also Check out Willet Waffle on Instagram, yeah. where I go through every recipe in the Willet Waffle book one by one, destroying my kitchen. Uh, but on Don't Drink the Tea, we don't talk about other projects. It's just kind of an unwritten rule, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, we have rules now. Even unwritten ones. So right. I guess the question is, when are Sabrina and Ivy going to have me and Zach on the show? Because we, really we are a joint. Like, we would come together. Yeah. I couldn't go there by myself because I'd be too scared. Sabrina, this is a call to action. Please have us there. When we go, we have to prepare a story that's something they have not heard before. Yeah, but together. Right. And not not like something like, oh, the other day I dropped a fish in my toaster, but like a story from history <laughs> or some tidbit. I feel like okay. you don't even need to do that. Just have Zach go on and just make up a story right there on the spot. So, and they'll um, be like, oh my gosh, I've never heard this before. And, you know, just have... While he's doing that, just be like creating the Wikipedia page live because that's yeah. what Sabrina always goes to is the Wikipedia page, and you're golden, right? Nice, but she's probably listening and has heard this. So, whoops, <laughs> I look forward to when she lets us be on the show. Thank you, Sabrina. Aww. Thank you, Sabrina. <laughs> and it was great, and I had a lot of fun because <laughs> obviously, we're just going out in the future after we've after already, already got started. That's right. So on this episode of Don't Drink the Tea, after um, the last one, Parker Pine, we had a pretty rough book. A lot of angry things were said, some aggression. So we're hoping that this book can be a little bit better for our sakes. This one is Three Act Tragedy, uh, which is a Hercule Poirot novel. Charlotte, uh, did you read this uh, book? Parker Pine was a 12-act tragedy. (laughs) Did you read this book, Charlotte? I did. I didn't know if you would have, that's impressive. I didn't know if you'd have time. Uh, I had to, yeah, I had to skip a little bit towards the end. I had read it before. And it's um, a light read too. It's, it it goes by pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had to remind myself, like, did this go the way that I thought it did? And I was like, yeah, okay. Like the last four chapters, mm-hmm. I didn't really invest. But uh, I did watch the Poirot because BritBox, not a sponsor, but it's awesome, is now the definitive home for Agatha Christie. Yeah, I gotta get that. And it is awesome. BritBox is awesome. They are terrible about saving your place, though. 
Like, like in the middle. Have you noticed the... that? I haven't watched it yet. I don't oh, have it. Oh, okay. Okay. I need it yeah. though. Like you, you stop halfway through and then you try to go back and watch like the rest of something and like yeah. you have to go through and find it again, but they'll fix it. I'm sure. I really like that uh, movie version. I think it's really well done. Did you enjoy it too? Maybe we'll talk about that in the episode. <laughs> I think it was really. Oh, are we not in the episode? I mean, you could talk about it now. I thought, I thought it was a, a pretty good episode and very accurate book. It was. It held pretty true to the book. Um, I, I thought it was good. I, it had really, I felt like it had yo-yo casting, though, because some of the characters, I thought, played their parts really well, and others were like, dang, like, they, they could have done a whole lot better with, uh, like, really central characters, but that's just, that's just my opinion. And so that one, that is the superior version, and there's also a straight-to-TV version where uh, one, it's in the Peter Ustinov series. He did uh, Death on the Nile and Evil Under the Sun were the theatrical ones, but he also did Lord Edgeware Dies and um, uh, this one, Three Act Tragedy, straight to TV. I did not TV. know that. But they were both modern day versions and were pretty, pretty bad across the board. Um, but this one kind of oh. lends itself, it's, it doesn't get as much um, attention as the other ones, but it, I feel like it does kind of lend itself to be made into a movie. It's like very easily goes from page to screen because of its format. Yeah, I agree. So this book is about, why don't you give us the, um, the intro? Take it away. <laughs> Are you sure you trust me? I know I've broken the trust. Don't tell me something I don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> Three-act tragedy is about a dinner party at Sir Charles Cartwright's home. What is Zach doing? What'd they eat there? He just laid down. <laughs> What'd they eat at the dinner party? Uh, well, nothing, because they never got past drinks. Oh, they passed they... around cocktails. They passed around martinis. All right, never had one. Sounds good. And so there was a collection of people there. It's in like a, like, what would you call it? Like a small town, kind of, yeah. would you say? Like a small coastal town, and this big actor has decided to retire there. So he's having a dinner party, and um, so Poirot is there, and our old friend Mr. Satherthwaite from the Harley Quinn, right? Right, yeah. He was in the Harley Quinn series uh, for you listeners, he is the one that was not the undead uh, abuser, but he was the <laughs> guy who liked to like watch people. He like was really interested in uh, psychology. He was an observer. And mm -hmm. I thought, this is just my opinion, I thought he was much less irritating in this book uh, as a side character and by himself. Yes, Quinn. I agree. Like at, at this one, I started to like really have like, 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 oh, like, I don't, I don't mind him so much anymore. Yeah, and he worked in a team. Like, in this book, he, they throw him in a team, and that's how... He shouldn't be a main character. I think he worked really well as having that person who's like, let's look at it this angle, not as your main speaker, mm -hmm. but as a side piece, someone you go to to talk about things. Right, which is what she wanted to accomplish with him as a character anyway. But yeah. it's interesting that in, in Christy Cannon, he is considered a detective, correct? I think, yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't really um, solve any crimes, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, and the, and the reason that I say that is because we received another mysterious package from Nemesis, who oh, yeah. kindly, you know about it, 
who <laughs> but it was nice to look genuinely surprised yeah i, was, I forgot about it yeah. which contained a, a an agatha christie card game and which we of course won't get to play until 2021 <laughs> but that, once we do you will have an episode of us playing it and it will be awesome yep play by play but in that it has the detectives and it considers mr satherthwaite as one of the detectives yeah so was he also in uh no he wasn't i'm thinking of somebody he wasn't in uh uh hazelmore murder at hazelmore right no okay i don't know why i thought that yeah but anyway in in the movie version that you were talking about he gets cut like it's just a poirot right Um, but i thought it was kind of interesting she was like starting to double up a little bit like she was she was starting to create like her universe i feel like with this one right yeah so, and so, sorry. We didn't really say anything about what it was about, did we? At this party, uh, the there is a quiet, like, reverend there and his wife, right? Yes. Is it a reverend? And he is the one who gets poisoned by the martini. And, like, no one at all can figure out why somebody would want to kill this guy. Like, And even Poirot every- says that he died of natural causes. He's right. Barbara like, was like, this isn't anything. Yeah, but... but He's just a little old man who dropped dead. But the guy who pushes it, right, is Sir Charles Cartwright. Who is an actor. Who, it was his house, right? It was his house. Yeah, it was he's an party. actor and kind of the main... It was his circus Poirot. and they were his monkeys. Yeah, he's the main character of uh, this story besides Poirot. He's an actor who's, like, aging. And, like, in that transition period, there's a lot of talk about that, about aging... Uh, being an actor and like how much use you have left when you're older and right. uh, yeah the, he's the one that kind of pushes and tries to get Poirot and Poirot is really a lot you know usually in the detective stories the detective jumps right on it when anybody dies but Poirot's like no they, there's no reason for this guy to die and there's no proof that it is <laughs> a, a, it's not a heart attack you're just barking up the wrong tree he's like eh, no right. I go on vacation no no no, 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 and no so no. what shakes it up is later on uh, oh, sir. Uh, so Charles Cartwright's best friend was also at the original party, and there was an actress there. There was a couple, like a a, a jockey and a dressmaker. I mean, it sounds like yeah. a joke, but um, and then a playwright and a couple other people. It was all like all mostly people from the acting world, and then the um, the girlfriend, who's like really important, Sir Charles Egg. Cartwright's girlfriend, Egg. Yeah. Yeah. Her name uh, Clinton Gore. Yeah, it's not his girlfriend though. It's uh, it's a girl in the town who he likes her, she likes him, but he's way older than her. And there's he's like, they keep like denying their. And she has a guy too that's interested in her. Uh, yeah, Oliver Manders, who uh, is like a, a motorcycle riding tough guy, <laughs> and he likes her. But you know, basically it's, Zach's character. Yeah, yeah, uh, Tyrone. <laughs> but everybody can tell that uh charles cartwright and egg like each other but the age gap and all that it's like that neither of them are doing anything about it kind of like sean connery and Catherine zeta jones in uh um entrapment <laughs> i've never seen that but sure what oh my gosh i'm an ignorant swine <laughs> Actually, I think it was even, I think the age gap in this book was like even more than that. But anyway, that's like one of those famous things that people make jokes about their age gap yeah. in that movie. But I wouldn't think 
back then that it would be such a topic. Like I would think that they'd just get married, but she does kind of like tackle it a lot like that. Yeah. And then, like his aging and this insecurity about it, mm-hmm. even though they have like this chemistry and they're always flirting and she gets all flustered around and she's a very uh, outspoken Christy female character. Like yeah. the young, she's outspoken. She's, she also wants this crime to be investigated. Right. Um, and so, but later on, what kind of solidifies it is Sir Charles Cartwright's friend, Dr. Bartholomew Strange. Yep. Who has... Dr. Uh, Strange, not played yeah. by Benedict Cumberbatch. No, but he should have been. Who has... He has a uh, insanic asylum. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Asylum. An insanic <laughs> asylum. Um, he, he gets... Uh, he dies in, like, the same exact circumstances. And what are the unique circumstances? He had there. There's a dinner party, and all of the same people are there. Yeah. And he takes a sip of port because mm-hmm. he didn't drink cocktails. He didn't right. drink tea, so he takes a sip of port and just keels over. And the thing with both of those cases is that it's like this couldn't have been an intentional murder because, like, they just handed a tray and the person picked theirs off. And like, you know, you couldn't. This couldn't have been planned. This has to be. But they do find out that there was um, poison in it. And so for the most part, it's Sir Charles Cartwright and Eglit and Gore, who, and one other person. And Mr. Safferthwaite. Mr. Safferthwaite. And this is, like, you say, like, oh, something happens in the third act. Like, it is is spaced out that way in three acts. And so the main portion, like, the whole second act is just those three. And, like, Poirot just pops up at the the, uh, beginning and the end. In the right. first and third acts. So they do some kind of cool uh, investigating, like amateur investigating. They talk to all the people and find out like this, this couple that are fighting and then the, the guy's an alcoholic. And uh, they have some really like, she had some, I think the dialogue in this book was really sharp. Like all of the interrogations mm-hmm. are, are really well written. Uh, it's a lot of, of dialogue in comparison yeah. to like where some, like she writes a lot in, of description or like what people look like she mainly focused on the dialogue and also like you said what people were feeling like everybody's insecurities you got to kind of hear those those internal voices um which really was nice and showed like her which is why like things like the travesty that is parker pine is so frustrating because and i appreciate what phil said about um like it did it wasn't really her it didn't sound like her it wasn't her voice because she was always so always looking for the reason behind things. And you can see that in this book. And Parker Pine was just like, nope, this is just yeah. off the dome stupidity. And it was nice that this book wasn't in first person like some of her earlier was. You could jump around in people's consciousness. Yeah. And uh, one of the big things I think about this book, which is, I feel like it's the first time she's really done it, but she will do it again, is that it's it has a lot of stylistic choices, like the format of the book being the three acts. And there's a yeah. lot of emphasis on plays and like acting. And it's even a big piece of the solution. And yeah. it's like, in some cases, there's a lot of style over substance, but it makes for a very uh, entertaining read, I think. Especially yeah, for- and it, it never felt forced. Like every time that she made a reference to it, it, it made sense. And like you said, it was like, I feel like she was giving you clues right from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. She did a really good job with it. Um, So yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to say about the plot. 
Well, just that um, the character of Egg is like, that was one of the ones where I felt like it got, it was like, it got a little bit lost in the film translation. Like you said, she was a strong Christy woman, Christy-esque woman character. And in the, in the movie version, she was just kind of like, I don't know, one dimensional or flat. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. She just was like, didn't really, it didn't come together for me. Yeah. And yeah, because the book kind of balances well, like her doing things because she wants to be around Sir Charles Cartwright, but also her uh, interest and curiosity in the case. Mm-hmm. She does like a good uh, middle ground of that. Um, mm-hmm. So Poirot gets involved. There's uh, there's another murder because they're of somebody that's in uh, that made a call to Bartholomew Strange. It's not really that important to talk about in this sum up, but. Um, the ending of this book, which is not like one of her huge famous like hooks, like the everybody did it one or the narrator did it one, but it is a pretty unique uh, twist that she does. And it, it works in this book because of the style. So I think we can call spoilers on it and say the twists, right? Yeah, I, I debated about that too. Like, which, you know, should we tell people to read it or, yeah, I feel like it would be, it would be worth a read if you really want to just read it and enjoy it through or, you know, if yeah. you don't, if you I don't have time. Yeah. I recommend the book, but we'll talk about the ending because I think that's one of the best things about it. Right. I agree. The, the end, the twist is that the, the whole book really focuses on, and I love this about this book because every Christie book, she makes it where somebody dies and everybody had a motive to kill that person. Like literally everybody wanted to kill them. But in this book, she goes out of her way with every single person to show you that there was no reason to kill the Reverend. And even as the reader, you start to think like that. It's not just the characters being stupid. You like think like, Oh, she's right. There literally was no reason to kill this guy. Right. Dead. Yeah. So the, the really cool twist at the end is that, his death was a rehearsal for the second death of Bartholomew Strange. It was like a test to see if this scheme would work to kill the next guy. Right. So that being said, the obvious culprit is... The actor, Sir Charles Carter. And uh, he was random, too. Like, the... uh, the Reverend wasn't the like intended target for that first crime. It could have been anybody that pulled their martini off of the tray. Yeah. And that's why it was someone that no one could figure out why he, why he did it. Do you know right. about the two endings in this book? No, I do not. So the book has a different ending than the movie. So the original ending is what's in the movie is that um, Sir Charles Cartwright was married, right? Uh-huh. And his wife was insane. And only only his best friend, Bartholomew Strange, knew that. Yeah. So he wanted to get married to Eglet and Gore. So he killed the only person who knew that he was already married. Right. So that was Christie's original ending. Uh, and there was some sort of backlash about like, okay, nobody would do the rehearsal thing. I don't know if it was from audiences or from the publisher, if somebody was going to do the rehearsal thing, they would have to be an insane person. This ending is too far-fetched. Uh-huh. What the criticism was. And I don't really agree with that because of how well it went with the style of the book. Like, this is a right. dramatic 
actor, it makes sense for him to do the rehearsal. Right. Like from a psychology standpoint. Anyway, so the book ending, there's like a US and a UK. Uh, the book ending is that he was originally a patient for Sir Bartholomew Strange. And that's how they were friends. Like he checked in and had a breakdown. They talk about that in the book. He had uh -huh. a breakdown. It's much worse than anybody knows. And so as he's out, uh, leading up to this point, uh, his best friend, the doctor, is like, I think you're going to need to check back in. Like you're, you're starting to stretch yourself mm -hmm. too much. And you're going to yeah. have to go. He's like, I can't do that. I need to kill this guy. And since he's insane, he does right. it in this way. So those yeah. are the two ends of the book. Yeah. See, I thought that when I, I, I remember watching the movie and I was like, I don't feel like that was exactly how it went in yeah. the book. So, yeah. So it was still yeah, accurate. Okay. It just depends on which book you, you read. And I, I'm right. I don't think either one of them ruins the story. They both work for me because they both mm -hmm. play on the, the Insana Caecilium uh, angle. <laughs> I'm going to smack you. <laughs> just to make sure know, you were still awake. awake. <laughs> if you don't stop, we're going to take it to the streets. Take it to the streets. <laughs> Option C. Uh, so I don't think it takes away from the book either way. Like, both ways I enjoy it a lot. No, I, yeah, I agree. I really think that she did a nice job of presenting someone who was mentally unstable, like, who, who, was, who was definitely a sociopath. Right. Even if he like, wasn't, like, a, um, uh, you know, certifiable... You yeah. can tell that he's unhinged, like yeah. most actors. And it, this is another um, kind of a holdover from last time, like another uh, reference to stereotypes is that, like, the fact that he used poison, everybody was like, poison is how women kill people. Like, mm -hmm. which I'm, I don't know. A woman's my bad. Yeah. If there are any, um, like, f facts to back that up, any numbers. Anybody could crunch some numbers and, and tell us, you know, if that's uh, accurate. But um, run the numbers. I'm running the numbers. Run Women the numbers. love poison. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that he was. It was so cold and calculated. And yeah, the fact that he just he puts and the poison was interesting too. It was very different, which showed Christie's knowledge of it. Like you know, it's like oh, arsenic, strychnine. You know, this that like the same one. And she. It was nicotine poisoning, yeah. like pure nicotine alkaloid poisoning, which um, they used to, as like a herbicide or, or a, a, um, a pesticide, they would spray it on roses. Mm -hmm. you, could like, you could like condense it and that's what he used to kill him, to kill people. Right. But like, he just put it in a random drink on a tray and just a whole room of people and that it did not matter to him who drank it. It right. did not matter to him who died. And that was like, oh, wow, that is so cold. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really, really well done at the end because uh, which character is it? Is it Mr. Satterthwaite or is it Egg who says, oh, my gosh, it could have been me who drank that? Was it Egg? I think. I think it's um, Egg that gets slightly altered depending on which ending. Because if you wanted to get married to Egg, she was, like, excluded. No, um, it was Mr. Satterthwaite. Yeah. My Mr. goodness, Satterthwaite he cried. Was... I've only just realized that rascal with his poison cocktail. Anyone might have drunk it. It might have been me. There is an even more terribly terrible possibility that you have not considered, said Poirot. It might have been me. <laughs> yeah. That's such an awesome closer. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I am so full of myself. <laughs> it might be after uh, Parker Pine, but reading this book the second time, I enjoyed it way more than I remembered. I think it's really underrated, especially as early as it is in her work. I always thought of it as being later, but it. I like the style that she's going for. She. It's not completely developed, but she has stronger characters than her average book right now. Yeah, that was something that I wrote down here that it had unique and successful pacing, like the, yeah. the speed of it was different and that the supporting characters were very good and very fleshed out. Cause like, I really liked the character of Bartholomew Strange. Like even though he was the victim, you spend so much time focusing on him mm-hmm. and on Stephen Babington because they're the, the, the Reverend who dies because they're like, they are, the key to it like the the victims are like the most important part of it so like i really liked that about it yeah i think it is underrated and she really shows off her her skills in this book because the one act is focused on ruling out ways that are reasons that somebody would want to kill uh the reverend and then she has another section where there's all these characters that you don't really get to know and she does like back-to-back chapters where they like each of them go and interview a certain one like under some pretext. But as they talk to them, each of this person reveal themselves to be a lot more vicious than you ever realized. Mm-hmm. And it's like back-to-back-to-back and it's they really quickly develop in like one chapter into a suspect for the second murder like in an instant. And it's so cool how she does, she keeps these two murders uh, separate uh, and still keeps your interest in both of them as one piece. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I agree. It's a really, really well-written book. I agree. Yep. And the ending, like, it, 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 it's slightly, it's like a tweak on some of the things she had already done. Like, it's a slight tweak on Roger Ackroyd, and it's a, right. it's, it's a little, she will do a, a better job with this format later Yeah. on in other books. But I, I I still think that it stands on its own. It's not like, oh, well, she's just, she's got a formula now and she's just churning things out all the same. It's not. Right. It still stands on its own. And I like that it is different than everything that's come before it. Even like the other traditional mysteries, like the ones I think of, uh, Vicarage and Roger Ackroyd that have the strong characters like this. It sets itself apart from those two really quickly and you Mm -hmm. don't get it mixed up with any other book it really stands on its own yeah i agree yep nice we got a good book Woohoo! and it's good that the books after this we have a really nice stretch we have a really Uh, good stretch of good books so we won't need phil to come back for a while (laughs) oh jk he's gonna text me being all mad like why would you say that I think we do have some guest stars lined up, though. Yes, we do. For instance, uh, Toby Keith had some things he wanted to say about three-act tragedy. Actually, he's here right now. He's joining the Zoom. Well, howdy. Hey, Toby. Well, howdy. (laughs) Well, what did you think about three-act tragedy? Well, I thought the fact that it happened in three acts was quite nice. You know, you have the first act to get you going, second act to you know, keep you going, the third act to close it out. Did you draw inspiration from that when you wrote Who's Your Daddy? Because Who's Your Daddy's kind of a three-act song. You're right. I, you know, it was sort of like that. When I started Who's Your Daddy, I thought to myself, 
what would Pryor Road sing about? And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote it. You lost me, Toby. You really lost me there. You know, but I had to change, I had to tweak it so that I wasn't slammed by the Agatha Christie Association, which was much more strict back when I wrote Who's Your Daddy? Back in like 1936. <laughs> no. <laughs> 1996. Exactly. I gotcha. Uh, so, where would you uh, rank this book? Well, I'll just say you gotta let it go, Toby. <laughs> Well, if you want to stay, you can make it too. And we'll, He's already gone. Uh, all right. I feel like Toby Keith is, is becoming like the Lindsay Buckingham of this. Like, <laughs> oh, it's like, Toby, we didn't get to you this week. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> He's a great sport. Well, maybe Tyrone can come back and help us rank the book then. Where would you put it? How many stars do you think? Uh, I think I would give it Oh, it's so hard because I always go by what we did other on other things, but like I, I would like a three point nine, mm-hmm. not quite a four. I think I agree. I would say, I mean, I might give it a four, but that could even out because it kind of makes sense in the spot that I'm thinking of where we put Peril at End House. I would say it's better than Peril at End House. Would you? Um, I think it, well, you say that because Hastings isn't in this one. That is a, a giant improvement. But I think that it was, it was a little bit tighter than, um. It worked out. There was like, cause there was a big, and, and I do remember that we talked about this. Despite the dimension, you still have, dementia, you still have some lucid moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have some lucid moments. Barely. There was a big section that was like, just didn't fit in with, uh with the one you just said peril at end house yeah 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 that was kind of just like where did this come from so yeah uh this one is tighter so that would put it i think it's a perfect spot because i don't think it's better than murder at the vicarage i think vicarage is is better so that would put it in between peril it would put it below vicarage and above peril which would make it number four on our list oh wow yeah that's cool which it it will go it'll go down a lot as we through but it is a very, I think it's, so far, it's one of the, the most, I think it's the most fun I've had so far. Uh-huh. That's uh, nice. Like, Murder at the Vicarage, it was also really fun, and I have, like, a lot of fond memories of reading that again. But this one, I, like, I really enjoyed. Is this your book? Yes. Oh, okay. Did you destroy it? I, I, no, I mean, it's still in one piece, but I wrote in it. I'm sorry. Oh, Charlotte. I'm sorry. How did you I, forget? I thought it was mine. Like, you should put your name in it or something. It's fine. I know, like, the cover of that book is, like, completely backwards, and I don't really He's care. He's not in middle school. Who puts their name in their books? <laughs> well, he should have. I don't I don't care about that. I, it'll be a long time before I read three-act tragedy again. Whenever I have Don't Drink the Tea 2, where I do it with... Uh... Oh, Tyrone, did you have anything to say? No. <laughs> Tyrone. <laughs> Tyrone. That's a way to get all the guest stars in. Just that one line. Uh, uh, Ronaldo, anything to say? I must use the bathroom. Okay. Good. He's gone now. Uh, Grandma Seesaw? <laughs> I'm coming at you, Sarone! Got it. <laughs> so the next book that we're going to be reading is... 
Death in the Clouds. Oh. Or Death in the Air. And that one is one that I have never read. And I only realized that as we got closer, I've only watched the movie. Oh, you've never read it? Nope, never have. That should be an exciting episode. This is exciting. I wish that I owned it. (laughs) I do. And I'll give it to you under one condition. Well, if you put your name in it, I won't write in it. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. That's fine, I guess. And also, I'm thinking, Sorry. in Death in the Clouds, we need to spend a little time, and I don't think Zach needs to read the book, but Zach can spend a little time talking about uh, something that he is familiar with that's related to Death in the Clouds, the Doctor Who Agatha Christie episode, yes. Unicorn and the Wasp. Oh, yes. Definitely. So, you'll have something to share. I'll be, I'm pre- I'll be prepared. I'll do my research. <laughs> I'll make some notes. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Awesome. Very good. We watched that one recently. Yesterday, in fact. Oh, last night, yeah. Unrelated, though. It was just next on our uh, rewatch lineup. <laughs> nice. nice. All right, so I got a game. I know you've been I this you've got something going on because you've been like it's rushing not, through this episode to like get to whatever is happening. All right, no, I'll be honest. I rushed through this episode a little bit because I had more to say about this one. Because Parkopine was stupid, but I was like more I wanted Phil to be able to say everything yeah. he wanted to say ahead of time and not hog the show. And this one I had more to say, which made me talk faster. Yeah. Um But I am excited about this game. It's not as great as it could be because it took longer than I thought it did. So <laughs> the thing is, this game came to me from Parker Pine, but it came in this episode. So the uh, Parker Pine gave me the idea because what Parker Pine reminded me of. Okay. Uh, and this game is just for you, Charlotte, because Zach Ooh. helped work on it. <gasps> this is I want to give you a game, just you. I am competing against myself. Yep, you're My, still going to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Parker Pine kind of reminded me a little bit uh, in another series, kind of like an Agatha Christie Jr. series, and I don't know if you've ever read any of these, Encyclopedia Brown. <laughs> have you ever read any of them? I have not. I know what you're oh. talking about, but I have right. never read them. So I'm sure everybody's mostly familiar with Encyclopedia Brown. He is the son of the chief of police, and his dad's an idiot, and he'll like come <laughs> home the dinner table about their cases, and Encyclopedia will solve them. And you're like, how did the chief of police not get that? Or some other stories will be he goes to his school, and his classmates are having this. There's this one kid, uh, Bugsy, who always he's oh he's a jerk. He always is trying to like trick people into thinking things like, oh, I got this card signed by Babe Ruth. And Encyclopedia Brown will be like, well, I know you didn't, and here's how I can prove it. And then the reader needs to guess how. And then, like, the answer is some far-fetched thing, like, oh, Babe Ruth is left-handed. Everybody knows that. He wouldn't have written it that way on the card. (laughs) And so, even as a kid when I read these, because... I was never the biggest. When were they written? Is this like the time of like like the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys yeah. kind of thing? Like These, the yeah, like the youth yeah. empowerment. <laughs> and they have a very like it's either blatantly obvious or super uh, obscure. obscure. And because even when I read these as a kid, I was reading Agatha Christie's at the same time because 
most people that like her start really young. It's true. Uh, so I always was like really pretentious, like, oh, these aren't mature enough for me. But even returning to them as an adult, I'm like, what is the deal with these books? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to create for you today your own Encyclopedia Brown. Wow. Uh, that you could try to solve. But instead of Encyclopedia Brown, this is Encyclopedia Brown's friend, Thesaurus Gray. <laughs> uh, I want to make sure you're able to hear it uh, right. And I could add it in later, maybe. Leave a blank spot here. I could add it in later if it sounds really bad, but I, I could, I don't know, I also do it synergy or what. But this is an all-star recording. Uh, I'm narrating it. We have Zach as <laughs> that's me as Muggsy, but we also have uh, my brother, not Phil, but Seth, who is Earth starred on uh, this show. He was on which book? He was on Man in the Brown Suit, the one where you betrayed my trust. Oh, well, that's how you remember it. What is why? Why is this this episode have to be all about like all the times? That you I have betrayed us? you. Is the time Charlotte's betrayed us? I remember that time where me and Charlotte betrayed you when we went in to get uh, something to eat and you said, buy uh, me a soda. You gave me a suicide. <laughs> we gave him suicide. We got a little every soda and we gave it to him for being a freeloader. I was trying to... <laughs> I was trying to uh, gang up on Charlotte here and then you gang up on me. Well, Charlotte did it. Oh, okay. To you. Charlotte. Charlotte. I was involved, <laughs> but... That was um, a great bonding moment for me and Zach. <laughs> buy him a soda, and I was like, Charlotte, no. why would we buy him a soda when he asked politely? Who <laughs> <laughs> would think I'd go on to do a podcast with you guys? I know it's it's sad. You're in a in an in an abusive relationship. So this has uh, me, Zach, Seth, and Tabitha in it to do the girl voices, so it wasn't uh, wow. <laughs> on the ears. It so. wasn't sprinkle lightly. <laughs> <laughs> no. What do you mean? Sprinkle lightly sounds. Emily. Emily. All right. So <laughs> I'll play it for, uh, and just let me know if you can't hear it well enough. Okay. Okay. The Adventures of Thesaurus Gray, a twelve-year-old know-it-all with a gluten intolerance, who helps his inept father and classmates solve crimes. Can you solve these short mysteries as well? The case of the snow day butt kicking. It is a December morning. The children of Oda Hill wake up to see snow covering their lawns. They are elated to think that they may have a day free of learning and can spend their morning playing in the snow. One child, however, is not so eager. His name is Thesaurus Gray. He is the youngest son of the Oda Hill Chief of Police, and he is in the habit of solving crimes and annoying his peers. Thesaurus calls the principal of Oda Hill Middle School, assuring him that though the yards have been dusted with snow, the roads are clear and covered with salt. They should have no reason to cancel school. It would be unfair to the children who are thirsting for knowledge in their developing years. Later that morning, Mrs. Pineapple turns to the class and narrows her eyes. Okay, who can tell me how many terms Franklin Delano Roosevelt served as president? She asked. Four terms! 
Very good. Another child's arm shoots up. One would think the child has dislocated his shoulder from the sheer velocity of his raising it. He bounces in his seat like one who needs to use the restroom and waves his arm in the air, seemingly indicating he does not care when in fact he cares an inordinate amount. Mrs. Pineapple sighs and crosses her arms. Yes, thesaurus, she says reluctantly. Mrs. Pineapple, I feel inclined to mention that both your teaching style and Melanie's answer have proved inadequate, thesaurus says, pushing his ugly round glasses over his nose. Franklin Delano Roosevelt died on April 12, 1945, just three months into his fourth term as president. So to say that he served four terms would be a misnomer, for his fourth term was never served to its completion. One would be more accurate to ask, how many terms was Franklin Delano Roosevelt elected to serve? Yes, thesaurus. Thank you for the clarification. I'll uh, make note of that. Moving on. I didn't see you write it down. I, I, I will after class. Would it not be better to write it down while it is still as fresh as the morning dew on the grass? Oh, shut up, thesaurus. Yes, ma'am. A paper airplane comes crashing into the side of Thesaurus' head. He turns to see the school bully sitting beside him, Muggsy Newman, a child with a watermelon-sized head and a strong, unpleasant odor. I've got a note for you, Muggsy says, holding up a piece of paper that reads, I'ma kick your butt. Thesaurus requests the note and scribbles onto it. He hands it back. Muggsy sees many red circles, lines, and dashes and a brief note below. It reads, Muggsy, I have taken the time to make a few corrections to the above note. Some examples include capitalizing the I and making the your possessive rather than the contraction of you are. Best thesaurus. Muggsy nods at the note, scribbles thoughtfully, and hands it back. The reply reads, I'ma kick your butt twice. Best. Muggsy. Later at recess, Bugsy approaches Thesaurus. About those two butt kickings. Have you come to your senses realizing that my superior knowledge should not be a threat to you? Considering your spot on the middle school football team should carry you until graduation? Muggsy replies by hauling Thesaurus to the top of the slide, strapping his underwear to the toy steering wheel at the top, and pushing him down the slide. Muggsy newsman! Mrs. Pineapple calls from across the park. What did we talk about yesterday? Muggsy sighs. If I'm gonna give Thesaurus a wedgie, it needs to be Standard or Melvin. Anything else is cruel and unusual. But I'm afraid that means detention for the rest of the week, starting today. But Mrs. Pineapple, I have football practice tonight. The Old Hill Snails will be lost without me. Oh, that's true. Okay, detention starts tomorrow. Mrs. Pineapple and Muggsy return to the school. Um, hello? Thesaurus says, hanging in the middle of the slide. If anyone can assist me in dislodging this triple atomic wedgie, I'll be forever in your debt. The band on Thesaurus' Tom and Jerry underwear snaps, causing him to land headfirst on the gravel. The next day, Thesaurus waits eagerly to see Muggsy be sent straight to detention. 
Thesaurus jaw drops when he sees Muggsy roll in the hallway in a wheelchair. Aw, Muggsy, you poor thing. What on earth happened? Well, you see, the school pet, Snaily McSnail, got out of his tank yesterday. Well, who had him at last? I did, ma'am. I was trying to teach him Roman numerals. But I locked the cage. Did not. I was riding my bike in front of the school, and I saw Snaily. He had gotten all the way to the other side of the road. Must have taken him hours. And I saw a car coming. I ran and pushed Snaily out of the way, but the car hit my leg and broke it. I don't know who was driving, but it was probably someone the Thesaurus hired to snuff me out. Thesaurus! I can't believe you hired a, a, a hitman to run Muggsy down in a car for the Triple Atomic Wedgie. But most of all, I am very disappointed in you for leaving the snail cage door open. The entire story is inaccurate, Miss Pineapple. I'm sure of it. Can you solve the case of Snaily McSnail thingy? What is the solution to, what is Thesaurus's solution to prove himself innocent? Well, despite Muggsy's, it is Muggsy, right? Yeah, Muggsy Newman. Despite, <laughs> Newman! <laughs> <laughs> despite Muggsy's convincing argument and the fact that he had to get a wheelchair from somewhere and despite Mrs. Pineapple's apparent asthma um, <laughs> I, I would say that Muggsy's whole story is a lie as much as I want to believe that Theosaurus Grey was capable of this I am afraid that the snail could not have crossed the road oh. that was covered with salt. Oh. oh, it could be that. Let's get, let's listen to the rest. <laughs> I have no way to prove that I closed the cage, nor can I prove that I did not hire an assassin to run Muggsy down in a car. I must admit the thought has crossed my mind, but I can prove that Snaily never got across the road. How? The road was covered with salt. Everyone knows that salt kills snails. The salt would dehydrate Snaily and he would be unable to produce enough slime to get across the road. Will Mrs. Pineapple reward the source for being a total snitch? Will Snaily McSnail ever make a clean getaway? And will Muggsy give the source another triple atomic wedgie? Find out next time on The Adventures of the Saurus Gray. Nice. <laughs> oh, I put it in the episode. Leave a blank spot here. Leave a blank spot. But Zach just said it after you said that. I was like, am I just really stupid? Because I didn't get this. <laughs> I don't remember when you were reading this to me. Was it last night? While you were eating your Bojangles. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> Getting into character. So you may not have completely understood. So sorry for the technical glitches. I tried to make it well, work. I, that's really cool. What the, the idea was really great. And I'm sure that what the audience will hear will be much better than, than what I did. Yeah. The solution wasn't there. But I want to <laughs> just, I want to shout out to Seth. I mean, kudos. That was amazing. That was a uh, perfect casting mm -hmm. on my part. 
It was act. It was very. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> the critic goes to me because he goes, Zach, do you want to be the source or do you want to be uh, Muggsy? And I say, I think Seth would do a better job as the, the so source. That's how I know. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's I will all get thanks to me. An Oscar for my casting. Like, I get all the credit. Sure. Uh, yeah. Thank you. And what? definitely you'll get the uh, the Oscar for technical direction an hour and a half later. Shut up. Stupid. I'd like to see you try. Pictures of your gas stove. <laughs> I believe that you did see a recent star-studded compilation video uh, done by me. Actually, no, I didn't do that. Uh, right you didn't edit it. <laughs> I did not. And we don't <laughs> talk about cross-promotion. On this show. Hot Tub Album Reviews, now available on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> One episode. Okay, about Hot Tub Album Reviews for a series for a minute. The episode hell. The episode where I said, like, oh, I can't get it up. The other day, Phil was getting caught up on Don't Drink the Tea, and he said, I'm halfway through Hot Tub Album Reviews, too. How did you get it up on Spotify? Like, what did you do to change it? <laughs> I literally didn't know it was up. I was like, it's up? And there it was. It's been up for a while, since April, evidently. And I just didn't know it. Wow. So we're looking for a uh, technician, clearly, an editor, a poster for <laughs> Hot Top album reviews. Exclusively. Don't drink the tea's quality as, as high as it can get. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> we want to put all of our effort into the our project that means the most to uh, The project that has the yeah. most potential for greatness. Yeah, which is Hot Top album reviews. Your passion project. PP, yeah. So I apologize that uh, Thesaurus Grey got mixed up, messed up, because I was editing it right before this. I thought it was perfect, but I had a couple versions of it, and I bet I picked the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, they're all wrong, probably. Well, it was it was pretty it was pretty great. I and the the concept was good, and the execution was almost there. And I'm really happy that you made it. It will like, be said, What did you say that like half the time they were super simple and anybody could get it and the other half they were really complicated and no one would get it? This was right. definitely like the super simple one that everyone would get because I'm yeah. too dumb to get the smart ones. <laughs> Next time it'll be the other way around. I would and love I'm to hear more of Theosaurus Gray. Like, I'll try to educate myself on uh, hey, sure, editing it better. Hey, sure, I didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was being for real. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Zach. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> well, uh, this no, is... No, actually, it, it, I was really proud of myself. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I figured it out. Oh, my gosh. I should have just played it on this side so you couldn't hear it because then maybe you would have missed that detail. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would have just had to have randomly guessed what the whole thing was about. <laughs> that would have been fair. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say Theosaurus Grey goes in, like, my top five characters. Like, With Bob Mittens. But, like... I, I Zach has like the top two spots, like definitely Leslie Fishburne and uh, Joey, and, and then not Muggsy. <laughs> what about Jeb? <laughs> so it's I no okay. It's it's Leslie Fishburne, Seamus, Joey, Bob Mittens, and now definitely Theosaurus Gray. Like that's a solid top five from all from the same family. You guys are awesome. I yes. guess Jeb fell out of his uh, tree stand and couldn't make it to her top five. Yikes. <laughs> we got a lot of talent in this family. Jeb's not a voice character, though. <laughs> Seth did, uh, the, sorry, yeah, I filled it. Yeah. I filled it, Bob. 
Jeb's not a um, is not a voice only character. He was originally in our very first podcast, Redneck Radio. Thank you very much. That's right. Check oh, it out nowhere. You can't. Don't look for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there somewhere. Josh just doesn't know where it is. That should, I should have it be part of this one one day. That's a gig. <laughs> Too bad I don't. Well, I know we're past Zach's bedtime, so. That's yeah. right. We got to wrap it up. I'm sorry. I would have got you home at a reasonable time if I wasn't an idiot. That's okay. I understand. <laughs> you too are an idiot in other ways. Yes. You don't know. I cannot figure mortality. out. <laughs> I cannot figure out the viscosity slash salt relationship in a snail. <laughs> that was the tab he saw uh, whenever he was like toying with my tablet to see how to get that file to you. The last page I had visited on my tablet was, does salt really kill snails? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure it wasn't a myth that you'd be like, well, actually, I can debunk that just like the Saurus would. <laughs> that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be me. Yeah, sure. That would yeah, definitely yeah. do that. I'm, I'm Theodora Gray. Theodora Gray. Uh, this has been uh, Don't Drink the Tea. Um, or something hope, remotely like it. We hope you forgive us. I don't know. We'll be back. Hopefully not. <laughs>